Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with CC Podcast Conversations. We are at Christian Products Expo. This is a great place to meet all kinds of authors and communicators, books. We've done a ton of great interviews the last couple days, 18 of them. Andrew, yes. you've been busy producing them. Very busy, very busy, but it's been totally worth it, very fun. I love the fact that you know we, we approached a lot of these authors ahead of time um, sort of knowing uh, either an area of expertise or, or what their book was about or something. And I've loved seeing how the Lord has sort of steered some of these conversations in unique directions. Uh, maybe what we not what we were expecting sometimes. Totally. And, and just given us a slate of great interviews that I think people are really going to enjoy. This interview is with a young lady, 26 years old, Grace Valentine. She's a author and a social media influencer. And she's wanting to have great influence on young women high school girls, college girls, to help them follow the Lord and, and understand that the joy that you get, the meaning, the purpose, the fulfillment you get from following the Lord is far greater than anything you're going to get from anything the world has to offer. She's yeah. been to college, was in a sorority, been there, done that, bought sure. the t-shirt, but is like, man, there's a lot of emptiness out there that people are chasing as if it's not empty. Sure, yeah, and that's a message I think everybody can 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 hear that, but uh, I think it's especially relevant to, to that, to a younger generation who, who are growing up on social media and, and really want to, um, you know, can find more fulfillment looking, looking elsewhere. Grace has a ton of energy. She talks 100 miles an hour, and you can just tell she has a passion for what she's doing, and praise God for that. I got three daughters of my own, and I want them to be influenced by people like Grace. And so, hey, Grace, uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And God's blessings to your ministry and to everyone else who listens, moms, dads, have your daughters listen to this stuff. Yeah. And your sons, too. I mean, anyone can listen to this. Absolutely. But I think your girls in particular, college and high school age girls, need to hear Grace and need to get connected with her on social media and just kind of follow what she's doing read her book and uh and i'm sure she's going to keep doing great things hey everybody matt reister at the christian products expo in lexington kentucky and i am with grace valentine right now and grace is a young author who's doing all kinds of cool stuff with high school kids college kids and some of you who are parents of college kids, listen up, because she's probably got something to say to <laughs> you as well. So, uh, Grace, how's the conference been for you? Yeah, it's been so fun. I'm sure all the parents are like, great. I would love parenting advice from a 26-year-old <laughs> girl. But I do have a special place in my heart for college kids, a little young adults, like awesome. figuring out post-grad and high school kids. But yeah, the, this expo has been super fun. It's been cool to meet people from all over, including Have you been you. before? No, this is my first time. So okay. it's been great. And I flew in from Orlando, Florida, which is where I live. But yeah, it's been a great trip so far. 
So next year, have you ever heard of the National Religious Broadcasters? No, well, I'm very NRB. behind and new in this field. I feel okay. like NRB, okay. NRB is uh, our conference next year. Mm-hmm. It's basically Christian communicators. Wow. So podcasters, and there's it's, it's the industry uh, gathering for that. So some huge organizations yeah. that you'd probably be familiar with, some that are represented in there. The expo room is probably two or three times the size of that one, but it's in Orlando next year. Yeah. We were in Nashville last year. Oh, then I have no year. excuse not to go. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. I will saying. say it's so refreshing meeting people who understand your career in general. Like, I'm sure, like, I have friends who are teachers who love having time to hang out with teachers, you know? And I think in this Christian communicator or writing world sometimes if someone on the street just goes what do you do for a living i'm like okay i write uh, books about christian they're like what like especially if they're not spiritual <laughs> walking with christ so like so what you just write books about like uh, the bible like a book like you know and i'm like no no it's its own little field and it's cool and it's something i feel called to but it's cool being here so let's go all the way back to the beginning with you um how'd you come to faith in christ and yeah. you know get a spiritual heartbeat gosh you know there's I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I mean, I grew up in a spiritual home, and I'm so thankful for that. But I remember the first time I prayed, honestly, was during Hurricane Katrina because I'm from New Orleans. And so Ah. we had evacuated the Florida. And I think that was the first time in my life that I remember being like, wait, I really need Jesus in my heart. Like, I need him right now because I don't know what's going on. Because I remember, like, seeing the news a little bit, and I started a new school. But then, like most teenagers or kids, you know, you go, you have cycles up and down with your faith, you know. Uh, Jesus may be walking with you, but sometimes you walk away. Yeah. And I can see in high school, I was so insecure at the beginning. And then I ended up senior year being, like, going from really bullied to really cool and, like, class president. I spoke at my high school graduation, but I was struggling with an eating disorder, body image. I had a teacher even be like, Grace, I know you're not eating healthy. And I would deny it to everyone. And finally, after I spoke at my high school graduation, I was like, you know, I would love to speak and, like, write about Jesus, but I'm so insecure and that's only for men to do. Like, that was a big thing I believed because I had only seen men really do it. So I was like, maybe if I ever get a better faith and if that was a career, I would do that. And so it's cool seeing myself now. But then college was hard too, you know, the ups and downs. And there came a day in college where I was like, I need to stop partying, living this like... And that sororities aren't bad, but I was living like a sorority girl life to the extreme yeah. and finding my worth in those worldly things in college. And so I had to come to a point where I was like, okay, that's not who I want to be anymore either. Like I'm ready to actually not walk away from Jesus, walk consistently with him. And yeah. I think when my walk became consistent and I became obedient and I realized obedience wasn't about what I'd miss out on. It was about the adventure I would gain from him. Yeah, and, amen. And, that, and that was something that was so important for me, especially being that young adult, that that's now why I'm passionate, especially about college kids, I would say. Yeah. So that passion for college kids and where did that come from and why did it stay? I mean, you're obviously passionate yeah. about college kids when you're in college because yeah, that's all your friends. Yeah, because you're my peers. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I will say because college was that time and I've seen, it feels like it's like almost like a missing gap sometimes in this industry because they're also hard to get their attention, but there's so many different variables like there's the party culture and I've been in that party culture and they feel maybe judged by the church and they feel hurt by the church there's a lot of you're busy in college there's so many distractions and I just see the times that I was just walking away from Christ and they're also so influential when they're in college and they don't even know it Mm. because all the high school kids are looking at their social medias you know they have their own little platforms like they're all influencers in a way for this next generation in their hometown but they don't even know it I mean I even 
I always say like sorority rush is a great example of like if something's a trend for sororities, it'll be a trend for high school girls, it'll be a trend for yeah. middle school girls, it'll be a trend for girls post grad. And so I just had this passion because I know that they can be such a great light. And I just also know how hard it is. Like a quote that has always guided me is be who you needed when you were younger. And I think that's so important for all of us. So right now I'm in the phase where I'm 26 and I think of myself in college and the hardships and the feeling left out and the feeling stuck in like a party culture phase and I want to show other people that they can get out of that and they can feel freedom in Christ. Yeah, that's way cool. So what's the latest project you've worked on that yes. you brought here? So yeah, my newest book is called What Will They Think? I have three books out and it's been such a joy. I wrote all of them with Collins, which I look back in my first book, um, which is crazy. My writing journey started when I was in college. I had like just transformed. I was like, I'm going to be this good like, you're going to walk with Christ. I was so on fire. Almost so naive to the process of mm. writing a book. I was like, I'm going to write a book traditionally. I just bought books. How to write a book, you know? And that's <laughs> how I figured out how to do it. And then somehow I did blogs, and that was when blogs were a thing. And so HarperCollins was willing to work with me when I was, like, 21 years old. I'm wow. Like, I'm like, why? <laughs> but it's great. But now my latest book is What Will They Think? And I'm really passionate about this one because I've seen a lot of college young girls especially believe the lie that God hates women. And, you know, blame it on culture, blame it on even the fact that they have had Christian people or Christian people in power hurt them or they've seen it happen in the media enough and I want them to see that scripture when you read about the woman in the Bible you'll see that God uses women he calls women up he loves women and even in a time when culturally women were not respected even more than they are now right that he lifted up women and so I want all these college or young adult women in their 20s 30s and even in their teenage years to realize that they can be bold because of who Christ is and it's not about doing main character things it's about doing holy things and it's about living a life boldly in his name not your own name or for any of your own glory and that when you see your big God you can do these big things because you realize who he is and the power he can give you that's awesome so how have you experienced that yourself personally yeah I mean I think from one, I think I used to try to do so many big things. And when I say that, I think I've also realized that the biggest and the best and the holiest things I've done have been sometimes the smallest things. So a scripture that has really been resonating in my heart this past year has been in Acts, I believe, 9 with Tabitha. And that's one of the women I talk about. And I think she is so empowering because she just literally looked in her town and loved the poor and the overlooked well. It doesn't say much about Tabitha. It doesn't talk about her relationship status or her popularity, but it says that she loved the poor and the overlooked and she would sew clothes for them. And Peter and Acts rose her from the dead um, when she was already carried to the upper room, she was clean. They, all the widows and the poor were crying about her. So this past year, you know, I've tried to do these big things. I've written books, I've spoken at places. Those, those are super fun, but I've also learned how beautiful is it to serve in your hometown, you know, to look to your left and to your right. And then that is sometimes the boldest thing that you can do. And so that leading girls has been some like high school girls and talking to them and getting to walk with them. I, I've read books, I've written books, I've spoken places and I've watched God like change my insecurity but there's nothing more beautiful than watching yourselves walk with younger girls and so when I see Tabitha I see a great example that you don't have to be well known or people don't have to know a lot about you to do big things the biggest things you can do start with a lot of love and knowing who your savior is and just caring for the overlooked and so that's something that I think in my life I've learned you know the hard way because we chase all these big dreams but this life of love is so much more important than proving that you're worth loving love it that's great stuff so, um, what's the writing process like? I mean, how, how did you come to be an author and at 21 years old, yeah, get Harper Collins to I give too. you a look? Like I said, I, I still, well, I did have, I worked, 
even before I was really obediently walking with Jesus, I would write for different websites that were like college based and I would do like funny pieces, like not, not at all Christian pieces, but then like Jesus was transforming my heart. So I would do funny pieces and I love those, the website, but then I started doing Christian pieces and those would do really well with view counts. And then the secular website first was like, don't do Christian pieces. Like maybe we should do like more secular pieces. And then they were like, wait, these are going great. Like, keep writing them, you know, because they was giving good view count. And I remember there was a day where they invited, I wasn't getting paid anything, I think like $20 a piece, and like they were getting good views for them. And I saw they were adding more ads on my site or my little corner of it. And I was like, wait a second, like, what am I doing here? And then they had offered to pay me more and maybe to fly me to New York and continue working for them, but only if I signed away my rights to my yeah. work and yeah. like the way, things I was writing. And I had grown up always wanting to be an author. Like I used to write little books as a kid. I never thought I'd be like a nonfiction lifestyle author, or like an advice giver, because I mean, I've learned some lessons the hard way, but yeah. I then <laughs> was like, uh, I feel like this is my stuff. I don't want to sign this way and like let someone else own these words because what if I put these in a book? That was when like God gave that dream. And then I was watching like a Dolly Parton like documentary or something, and I love her. Um, and she was talking about how she never signed away her songs, which is different because I obviously ended yeah. up working with the publisher. But I remember being like, I want to write books. That's what I want to do. And I, I just told my parents, and they are bankers. They were like, I don't know how this is how to do this. And I was like, I'll figure it out. And I just cold called all these agents until one of them signed with me. And it was such a god thing, the right time. But yeah, I mean, I started writing a lot then, and now I do a lot on Instagram, and that's like my main platform. And mm -hmm. so I think that's helped me stay along the field because blogs aren't in as much. But mm -hmm. yeah, I wrote for my own website for a while when HarperCollins signed me at that point. But it's crazy how it became, but also it's even cooler that you can look back, and I think I'm sure you relate to this too. It's all little steps. I think yeah. a lot of young people want things to happen overnight. Yeah. Like they want it to go viral. They want it to go things but a lot of times when you're just little steps of obedience to where God's leading you tomorrow yes. or where it leads you in your five-year plans because when I was 21 I didn't think at 26 I'd have three books but all I was like was like oh let me write a blog let me write a Christian post let me then start my own website let me just email agents like it all was little steps and there was no 10-year plan but yeah. it was just yeah watching God work that's great stuff so kids today high school kids college kids uh, what do they need from us that's a, I love that question. Um, and I think this would be like anyone younger. I think they need examples of you loving your community well. Because sometimes kids know that their mom would go for bat for them. And they know their dad would go to bat for them at the sports team. Um, but they need to watch them love love other people well. And not mm -hmm. just people for their own gain. Because I think this generation, and I don't mean this in a bad way, we can be a little selfish. Like mm -hmm. younger than me. This world's about me because social media has created this. You know, yeah. it's my, my corner on the internet. This is what I have to say. This is my thoughts. Like my thoughts can go viral it's all about me they need to see a life that shows that th I'm gonna choose to live out love and not try to prove I'm worth loving because I see a lot of parents get involved in like I always joke there's always the parents who get involved in homecoming drama or prom drama like it's the Met Gala like you know they're like e-news like they're talking about teenagers um, same thing it, in youth sports yes sports I'm like there's nothing you look back and I even I love college football but um, but even high school football you see parents act like it's you know, the most important thing for the kid. I'm like, dude, your kid's also trying to pass biology. Like, you yeah. know, like give them a break. Um, 
But in giving the grace to your kids to be a kid, letting your kid be ordinary and even kind of suck at some things is yeah. so important. Oh, yeah. Because you want your kid to be this all-star, uh, but for, focus on your kid being a loving and kind person and everything else is going to fall into place. Yes. Um, because when they die, and just like when you die or when we all die, I'm always a firm believer, like, no one's going to care at your funeral. Like, if someone stood up at your funeral and said, wow, I mean, he was the greatest linebacker on his high school football team, or that she was always stunning and the cheerleader and all the guys want her. No one will care about that, but if they stood up and said, oh, your, this, your child lived a life of love. They learned from you how to love. They were kind to the overlooked, the bullied kid. Like, that's what you want to hear. And so, model that for them. Remind them that it's so much more important to be kind than be cool. Yes. And don't get involved. Give them the grace to mess up. Give them the grace to do things and not be the best, to sit on the bench, to not be the one that everyone wants. Give them the grace to be rejected and tell you. Like, you don't need to go fight their battles, but you can listen to their battles, and you can encourage them to have God fight them for them. I love it. I coach high school basketball, and uh, I see, and this is in a Christian school, mm -hmm. and so it's not maybe as pronounced as it is in other places that I see around us, but the, the pressure that parents are putting on their kids to succeed at high school or junior high or youth sports is just an example of, I mean, what in the world are we doing to these kids? Yeah. I, I love what you just said about let your kids suck at something. Yeah. It's fine. Love them through it. Like, we don't have to be all-stars at everything. Literally. And you can't, and I think I saw, uh, like, a, a quote recently, so that we won't take credit for this, but it's like, there's literally a point oh. 5% your kid will become a professional athlete, yeah. but there's a 100% chance they're going to stand before Jesus one day. Yes. And so what are you preparing them for? Are you preparing them for the NBA draft? Congrats. <laughs> Great. Maybe that'll happen. But, you know, your kid's in, what, like Tennessee. Like <laughs> yeah. He's 5'4 right now. It may not happen. Okay. Yes. And so, but he will stand before Jesus. Yes. And that's what you should be preparing them for. And I see a lot with girls, too, this you want your daughter to become like you, um, but also realizing how they have this unique footprint and yeah. who God has created them to be and letting them find that. You know, there's going to be things you see yourself in, but there's going to be things that are so different than you. They may be a little more edgy. You may wear pink Lily Pulitzer, like, loft clothes, and they may, like, edgy pack sun and, like, black. And, like, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's not, like, going to stop them from knowing Christ and yeah. letting them be who they are. Totally. My son, you met him. He's sitting yeah, right back. He's, he just he's graduated so, from high school. He, and he's so kind. He's like a fun personality. Yeah, he's yeah, a good yeah. type of strangers. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's like, I would, uh, I get so upset at dads because I think dads have a huge role to play in the spiritual development of their kids, obviously. Oh, completely. And you got dads that are willing to spend hours and hours and hours perfecting their kids, you know, post move mm. or their kids you know, form on throwing a baseball, but they have never opened the Bible with their kid. Wow. Or they've never uh, had a spiritual conversation or with, with their with kid. Or yeah. prayed with them. I mean, but, and these, these are even people who call themselves Christians. Like, mm. um, are you seeing a lot of kids walking around with wounds from their parents? Oh, even, even within the Christian realm? Yeah, and I think it's like what you said. I think the issue is parents aren't taking the accountability of admitting where they've gone wrong. I think it's like you get to the point where you're 16 and you don't want to admit that there were things you could have done better when they were 12, you know? And instead of growing like through that, like you should as a Christian, you know, checking your roots, tending your garden, you're just trying to defend yourself and defend yeah. your parenting style. And so before, when you have weeds in your life, if you're not cleaning that up before you try to keep growing, then it's just going to get worse. And yeah. so I think 
every believer has things in their life that they can reflect on and realize and I look, I can look back at last year and realize I could have done things better. After my first book came back, I can look back. But you have to have a humble heart to do that. Yeah. And so I think, especially dads, because of the toxic masculinity of like, this is what being a masculine man is like. They miss out on what being a man of God and what a leader and putting on the armor of God for your family looks like because they're choosing to do that. And even in a secular sense, like there's a TikToker right now that a lot of teenagers know named Addison. And her parents, she got really famous and, you know, she's going down at past or therefore her fam- family got famous and now her family's wrecked her dad is like she know her mom it's just all these things where they mooched off the daughter's fame hmm. and they, they didn't know they didn't know jesus and now this daughter has like unfollowed both of, i'm like i feel so bad for this little tiktok star who yeah she got famous but at what cost you yeah. know her family got famous but at what cost and i think a lot of dads in general do have this spiritual leadership and this male factor that they have to play for their family. And it talks about having a, and you need, it starts with having a humble heart, yeah. admitting where you can be better and striving to be better. And that includes praying with your kids, talking about what's going on. And it's never too late to do that. It's yeah. never too late. Even if you're the Christian listening to this now is like, you know what? I asked my kids about their grades and all those things, but I haven't asked them how their heart has been lately or yeah. how their faith is, or if they've even ever accepted Christ. Yeah. I think so many parents just assume that I took my kids to VBS. They know Jesus Christ. And I'm yeah. like, your kid may not even know Christ. Have you even asked them? Right. You talked about struggling with insecurity, body image. For any young ladies or parents of young ladies who struggle with that, and I think it's epidemic among young ladies, uh, what are some things that you know now that you wish you'd have known earlier when those were more struggles for you? Yeah. Well, I will say to all the moms listening, your daughter hears the way you talk about your body. Like, that's just something... Mm that you you may not remember those little comments you make, but she remembers, and those things are contagious. If you talk negatively about her, your body, then she's gonna see negatively about her own. Um, and something I just wish I realized, because I love working out, like I love running, I do half marathons. I, I hate it and I never okay, do it. Okay, I don't I necessarily will. love running, but I do it. But sometimes it feels good, okay? <laughs> I like accomplishing something, that's what I should say. Uh, but I do string training, but I have had to learn, especially that working out is a celebration of what my body can do and not a punishment for what I've eaten or what I've done. And it's like that classic, you eat on Thanksgiving, you feel like your your pants are tight. You start thinking of the workouts you can do to like torture yourself for what you've eaten and what you've done. Like you don't have to punish your body. Like and working out is a cool tool we have and treating your body like a temple also means like tending to it. But yeah. Don't let it become an idol and a punishment because that's not what it should be. And that's something I've learned the hard way of if I don't have a healthy relationship with working out, then I don't have a healthy body image relationships. Like you can be the skinniest person. You can have a be so fit, but you're going to have issues if you don't even know why you're doing it and Mm -hmm. everything like a bad thing can be a good thing if it's not a God thing. So something as good as working out and eating healthy can be a bad thing if it's not a God thing. Mm -hmm. A diet could be really good for you right now because you know you have weight to lose. But if it's not a God thing, it's going to turn into a bad thing. Yeah. And so that's something I wish I knew. And also just that you can't change. It's as good as it's going to get for all of us. Guys, girls, you better accept who God made. You know, work on your, like, tending for your body and being kind to it. But don't stress about it. Like, live your purpose. Don't waste your time trying to be someone that you're not. I think another way that we project the wrong idea when it comes to all this stuff is, like, if we believe that we're just here for a very short time and that our identity, our home is in heaven for eternity... Mm. And I'm going to sit here and spend this much time trying to manage my body image, but then I'm going to profess with my mouth that Jesus is the most important to me and his word and Mm. eternity. It's kind of of like you just mentioned with 
you know, moms, when you're commenting negatively about your own body, your daughters hear that and they internalize that for themselves and mm -hmm. kind of hold them up to the standard that you're having for yourself. It, it's also kind of a hypocritical thing. We put all this emphasis on this temporary yeah. wasting away blob of 86% water that's just going to get uglier blob. and fatter and worse. Yeah. and Wrinkly, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like it's what, so what, hypocritical. What, what does that say about where our true hope is? Yeah. And it shows that you really think your life would be better if you looked like something you may not be able to. And I'm, like I said, it's great to care for it, but it comes to the point where it's just a body. Once again, like we said at your funeral, if the only thing people said at your funeral was, oh, wow, she had a great body. Like she was so skinny, man. Her legs were so good. You'd be like, what the heck? I want, I want someone, a re refund on my like eulogy, you know, that would be the crappiest eulogy. And so I think I want people to remember me for my love and not those things. Cause, cause deep down I know they fade away and I think deep down everyone knows it but they just get caught up in that temporary day-to-day -day thing like you said but it's not gonna last and when you're even old you're gonna have memories to look back on not and you want to be healthy enough to see those you yeah. know and to realize that you could live that life but you don't want to be consumed by it so you're part of the sorority scene the party scene at yeah. ba Baylor University so obviously you got a bunch of sorority sisters and friends from back then who have seen you kind of transform a little bit yeah uh, like, are you in touch with them? Do you hear any stories like, oh, man, I've been watching what you've been doing and I'm inspired by it. Like, what, what, what are your friends from back in those days yeah. saying about what you're doing now? Well, I do have, like, my college best friends who we have all kind of grew together. Like, there were some awesome. of us who, like, we were, you know, the classic college holding each other's hair up, like, you know. But now we're, like, one of my best friends, she's married to this great Christian guy who's a great leader for the family. She's, like, pregnant with her second kid, like. And it's cool because we were both probably hot messes together. But And she now lives in the same area as me, which is just what a God thing because she was from Minnesota. We met in Texas. I was from Louisiana. And now we're both in Florida, you know. Mm -hmm. And we didn't plan it. We couldn't write it. That's all God. And, like, yeah, there's some people who may still be a little, like, now still wild. But I feel like at the end of the day, those are the people who respect respect it no matter what I think people assume that people who aren't walking exactly like you are thinking of you negatively but they just don't want to be judged like you can live a life of love and as long as you're not pointing fingers at them just arms open wide mm -hmm. they're gonna usually like I'd say 80% chance handle it well and so I think some of them are funny there's sometimes I get nervous if I'm ever in like a Christian like social media creator retreat, which there are, someone might be like, oh, I know someone who went to Baylor and I'll be like, oh my gosh, please, please say someone who like <laughs> has a found memory of me. Like, cause it's even, I get like these table turn ins. Like I write for Live Original and there's a girl who works in Dallas and so she knows a lot of Baylor people who honestly probably lived a better Christian life than me, quote yeah. unquote, in yeah. the beginning years of college. And yeah. so she's like, do you know this person, this person? I go, yes. And if you tell them I'm here, they'll probably laugh. Like, you know, yeah. but it's a testament for God. And yeah. I used to be like ashamed of that and be like, crap, what if, what if people find out that I went to a fraternity party and got really drunk? And um, I'm like, there's no shame in like the way that God has grown me. Like I, yeah. some people we have to have, we didn't have to experience those things, but we did Yeah. and God used it. And so that's what I look at my platform, especially is I always say I'm even the way I write on Instagram is very much for the girls who are between 
listen to the pastor podcast and stuff, but also sometimes still secretly listen to Barstool Sports and all yeah, those bad yeah, yeah, yeah. ones, you know? And I'm like, if I can get the- Barstool in- Sports is bad? Well, there's some, well, the, the girl podcast can be very raunchy. Is it? There's this one called, I don't even know, <laughs> but call her daddy. And it's like a, the most popular female. They got 60 million for Spotify. Oh, wow. And it's very popular with college girls. And I, there, I always say like, if I can be in between that, because it's, it's awful. If you listen to it, it's, it's honestly, I think, especially in the beginning days, so degrading, but women think it's empowering, you yeah. know? And, but I'm like, if I can be the in-between yeah. for those people who just need someone to admit, hey, I've done it before. I'm not this perfect pastor, you know? Yeah. And I'm not trying to be your pastor. I'm just trying to be like an older sister type. Yeah. And lead them to Christ. That's my goal. And I would say all the people from Baylor who knew me and have watched it change, they know it was real. And so even yeah. if they're not living that changed life, I've had some great texts from people who I know they will buy my book and support my book. They have been some of the most supporting people. I get more scared to see the quote unquote Christians, <laughs> yeah. which sounds because there was judgment you get from that phase. There are people who are going to say, well, is Grace really the one who should be writing books? You know, I know that some of them have said that. So, but I've had to learn to not listen to that. Too, yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So a bunch of kids are moving on to campus all over mm-hmm. the country right now. And uh, we, we're in Cedar Falls, Iowa, the University of Northern Iowa. I've got a friend whose daughter is moving in to Iowa, wow. Iowa City. Um, what would be a couple or three nuggets that you'd give to kids? You know, imagine yourself mm. on a freshman dorm floor, girls moving in, their parents just left, and you've got 10 minutes to, you know, influence them. Yeah. And, uh, just help them avoid some pitfalls and help oh, totally. them help them embrace the Lord. What are some of the things you're going to say? I think the the basic ones are I always say is true. Like I think when you're going to college, you're searching for freedom a little bit. You drive on the interstate and your parents are driving you, but the minute they drop you off, like you're a little sad, you're scared, but you also are like, well, I've never had this much freedom all at once. Like no one knows where I'm going at night. I can don't have to ask anyone's permission. Um, and I used to crave that freedom. I think a lot of high schoolers now transitioning to college are craving that freedom. Mm-hmm. But true freedom doesn't come from living this life, dancing on tabletops, going to parties, and doing what you want. True freedom comes from finding the adventure that's worth living, and that's Jesus Christ. And yeah. the cross is where true freedom was made. And yeah. so I think it's easy to look at obedience and a life with Jesus as boring. Yeah. But I've done way more cooler things when I've and I felt more freeing life. Like there's nothing that is less spring to me than waking up after drinking with a bunch of text messages that you sent when you were drunk, like and a hangover, like that is not freeing. And so that's one of the big things I tell girls a lot. Um, another thing is I think jealousy becomes very evident in college, whether you're jealous of a sword, you're jealous of a girl with a love shack fancy dress. You see a lot of girls of different income levels. And maybe yeah. that's also me going to Baylor. I had been like a waitress since I was 13. Um, and then I went to Baylor, or not 13, since I was 16, but like I had been a waitress for three years and I went to Baylor where there was a lot of rich people and there yeah. was like a lot of, I kept seeing the grass, like the grass that was greener. And yeah. I think it's so important to like stay with the course that Christ has for you. Don't get distracted by looking to the left and to the right at what everyone else has, yeah. um, especially material things, even like clubs, join what makes you feel purposeful. Don't do what other people have done because it looks cool for them. Yeah. And I think that's so important in college. And I think the last little nugget I would say for especially 
anyone is that it's okay. Give yourself the same grace you would give others yeah. if you don't know what you want to do yet. Yeah. I think yeah. people feel so much pressure. I mean, they're picking majors or doing classes. Like, take start with something broad, like marketing, business, communications. And then you can work on later as you get older in college, that niche that you have and the yeah. little things. Um, even I would say even your major doesn't matter as much as people make it sound. Like, what you do, the summer internships, whatever you work at a camp, like, those are the things that are really going to make you stand out one day and don't get caught up in the stress that comes with a five-year plan. Yeah, love it. Grace Valentine, thank you for your time. And you're jumping on a plane pretty soon. Heading yes, back. I know I am. Thank gosh for that pre-check. You know, that's changed my life. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know, but yeah. I'll Has it been a good Florida. conference for you? Yeah, it's been great. I'm ready to go back, though, ready for my bed. You know, that's yeah. always how I get after I'm tired. But absolutely. it's been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's appreciate your time. How can people find your stuff or yeah. follow you online or whatever? Yeah, so um, you can probably, the best place is Instagram. Call me Generation Z or Millennial. It's kind of awkward. But at the Grace Valentine, I have a Facebook page that you can like grace valentine author and then other than that my website is www.gracevalentine.org i speak for high schoolers college kids and yeah i have three books out but yeah we'd love to connect with anyone who listens awesome thanks so much god bless your ministry and your travel and all that the cc podcast conversations is part of christian crusaders radio and internet ministry started in 1936 and is one of America's longest running radio ministries. We are 100% donor funded and donations to our ministry are tax deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.